Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to another Amped interview. It's Joe, and uh, it's in between Christmas and New Year 2016. I want to take a moment and say thank you for spending time with us this year, for hanging out here with us at Frequency with Dan and I and the times that uh, we get together and some of the fantastic artists that we've had the opportunity to get to know better. It's a uh, it's definitely a privilege to be in the position that we are in and the fact that you take the time to listen and that you are vested in those artists as well. So thank you so much for that. As we're wrapping up the year, we're sharing an interview that I conducted back in October, so it's been a couple months. I actually held on to it because it touches on the subject of the holidays and thought you'd all appreciate hearing about how Michael Neal of Prestonwood Baptist and his church celebrate the holidays. And perhaps you're not familiar with uh, Michael Neal, but you probably should be. He's a Dove Award-winning songwriter, author, and a worship leader. You may know a few of the songs he's written, including Your Great Name, which was recorded by Natalie Grant. Also, some other artists have recorded his songs, such as Michael W. Smith and Todd Agnew. He's also the author of three books, Your Great Name, The River, and its sequel, Into the Canyon. So we caught up with Michael on the heels of the release of Songs of the People by Prestonwood Worship. We took some time to discuss the genesis of many of the songs of the album, stories of individual members of the congregation, and and how they are incorporated into this release. In addition, we take some time to touch on Michael's work as an author, the relationship between creativity and our creator, and, of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, Preston Wood's ambitious celebration of the Christmas holidays. So, once again, thanks for joining us. Blessed to have you listening. We'll talk to you again in the new year. God bless. Frequency.fm presents The Amped Interview. Hey guys, it's Joe Brookhouse here at Frequency. We're chatting with worship leader, Dove Award-winning songwriter, and best-selling author Michael Neal. Perhaps most notably for our interview today at least, uh, Michael is part of Prestonwood Worship, who on September 23rd of this year, this being 2016, released Songs of the People, a 13-track music project. So we're going to be chatting with Michael about... Uh, that project. We're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, writing, both as a songwriter and as an author, and uh, maybe talk about some other things that are happening in the area. So there's your introduction, and I, I'll take a breath and say, hey. <laughs> well, hey, Joe. Great to be with you. Honored to be with you. I've had a chance to listen to Songs of the People. It's a pretty ambitious project, uh, but I guess before we jump too deep into that, one of the things that I want to acknowledge is that you you're a relative newcomer to Prestonwood and to Texas, you, you're you just out of Florida. It's been only about a year. What what brings you to Texas? Oh, that's right. Yes. Well, the, the good thing was is my wife was born in Austin, so she's a bit of a longhorn. And, uh, Hook them horns. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. She was kind of excited to get back here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we spent a lot of years uh, serving in Florida and in Nashville. And um, we were down, yeah, uh, serving as an artist in residence at Christ Fellowship. Love that church. Still very close with pastors and all our friendships there. Um, and we, I had come out to do uh, to lead worship for uh, their men's conference here at Preston Wood, and then done some other conferences and events, and just got connected with the leadership here. And they had gone through some transitions, and we uh, we really just sensed that God was knitting our hearts together and maybe had uniquely wired us and given us the experience through the years that Preston would need it at this season in their ministry life. And so 
Um, through a lot of months of prayer and all of that, we ended up making the big shift over here and our kids have really grafted in and, um, it's been an extraordinary first year. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't, you know, anytime you make a big transition like that, you just never know exactly. You think you have a a glimpse of what's going to happen, but, but this year has been so full of incredible, uh, God moments and, uh, surprising relationships and just some some beautiful things far exceeded our expectations. So we are just having a ball. That's great to hear because that's that's a stepping out in faith to go from some. I mean, halfway across the United States, and you know, even you know, Austin may be Texas, but it may as well be a different country <laughs> compared to Dallas area where in where you guys are at, where your church is. So that that's a culture shift. Even if your wife is you know, three hours away from home. It's a yeah. big, it's a big difference. And if, if I understand correctly, Preston Woods, um, legacy from a worship perspective is more big choral arrangements and stuff, but you're more of a, you know, contemporary worship kind of stripped down if that's the right way to explain it. Um, so how do you address coming into that kind of environment and how does that lead to this project? Well, what's interesting is I, you know, I actually cut my teeth in the choir world uh, as a teenager and started, directed my first student choir as a 16-year-old, my first adult wow. choir as a 17-year-old, uh, 100-voice, you know, multi-ethnic, multi-generational choir. And so uh, I've always loved choirs. Uh, the assignments that I've had as a leader and a worship leader have, you know, taken me to places where choir hasn't always been the highest value. Uh, but I personally have always loved it. So for me to be in a situation now to have all of the the colors, if you will, to paint with, all yeah. the musical colors to paint with. So we have a, a great band and we have an orchestra. So if we want to do things that are symphonic or cinematic in nature, and we have this fantastic choir that's just an army, you know, piercing through the darkness with light, with their praise. It's incredible. So I've always viewed it as, why can't we, why do we have to be pigeonholed? Why do we have to just be this or just be that one-dimensional? And I think the thing I love about Prestonwood is they're not afraid to be multidimensional. And so we have all of the expressions, and we are letting those things lead out at different times. And so we're still doing big choir stuff because we love that, and it's it's uh, there's just nothing quite like it when we, we have about 450 in our choir. And so wow. when you when you let that loose, it changes things in the atmosphere. You know, I, I mean, understand. It's like the static before a big storm. It's massive, you know. And then we also have uh, just a, a whole bunch of young, great singers and musicians and and uh, that want to that we play more, uh, like you said, less complex, more songs that the whole church can sing. Uh, and, and some would maybe consider it modern or contemporary songs. Yeah. And then you have the, the, the orchestra that we can weave in and use in different ways. And so I just think there's there's plenty of room for all of it. And I love being at a place where we can express in, you know, in a multidimensional way. That's um, something you just don't see very often. It's, uh, it's kind of like as we're trying to make that transition between hymns and contemporary worship that – people don't straddle that really well or they don't they don't put up with it for whatever yeah. reason and uh but when you have the, uh, the facility and i mean that both in terms of human resources and in terms of the buildings and and all that 
um, why not? And what a blessing that must be. And how exciting. I love the word, use the word palette. That, mm -hmm. I mean, that is a remarkable palette that you have to paint on uh, in, in terms of what worship can look like for your church. Yes, absolutely. Well, and again, it's, you know, uh, God is, a, is, is the ultimate creator and creative. So uh, I, I just love the fact that uh, there's room for all the expressions as much uh, as many ways as we can, you know, speak of the gospel and the goodness of God and the beauty and the awe and the wonder and the mystery of who he is, then we're going to do that. So how does that lead, you know, in such a short period of time to this this the songs of the people project how do you get from arriving in august of last year to releasing this project here in september i remember when we first got here um i was talking to dr jack graham our senior pastor and dr Jarrett stevens our teaching pastor and just asking them what do you see uh they're the senior worship leaders uh i'm i'm here to serve uh the vision that god's placing on their heart and our collective heart and so i'm not about my agenda or my opinions. I really wanted to make sure that I was in line with where they wanted to go. And, you know, the things they kept telling me, and Dr. Graham was saying, I I love our history, but I we need a new song. We're ready for a new song, and we need to move to the future. Uh, we need to, to, to be uh, fresh and to innovate. And I, I want to sing the new song that God is saying. And so I said, okay. That's 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 my wheelhouse. That's our wheelhouse. Yeah. We and so what we what ended up happening is um, I had been kind of mentoring some of the guys here, six or seven of our leaders here uh, in just songwriting for the church and just their own craft of expressing worship through a new song for the church. And so we've been doing that over the last couple of years, just in and out of town when I was here and developing relationships with them and. But when I got here and they introduced me to the whole team and there was, I don't know, Dr. Graham came in, all the elders and everybody, and they, they uh, introduced me to about 550 people in the room of the worship ministry. And uh, I felt kind of the weight of this moment. And we talked about just um, uh, the posture of our heart during that. And, and I, I said, you know, and this wasn't a planned thing. It just came out of my mouth in those moments. And I think it was led by the Lord, really. We, I said, Prestonwood has had a storied tradition of presenting amazing songs, amazing uh, choral arrangements to the Lord, extravagant, beautiful, powerful. I said, and, and, and I feel like in addition to that, now the new day is going to be, we need to move that song from the platform to the people. The people have to bring their song, and we have to equip them. Their songs of redemption and deliverance and freedom and gratitude and and adoration and all this that is that needs to rise up out of our people, out of their mouths, and we are there to facilitate that. They're not there to watch us do our thing. We're here to help them bring their offering. So it has to be a song of the people. Right. And when I said that out of my mouth, it like you know it was like ding 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 ding. You know, a little bell went off in my head and went back to my office and began to journal and write that. And, and that was really the genesis of this idea. Uh, and I went to Dr. Graham and I said, I have this idea and I think we're supposed to gather and collect stories from the church and then begin to write songs. And so I did that, invited some of my friends from the outside. It was unbelievable to have Michael Farron come in and, um, uh, who's just a phenomenal producer and songwriter and Paul Balash and, 
Michael W. Smith ended up coming in, and, and some of my friends, Dustin Smith and others that are writing yeah. church, writing songs for the church at large, right? And so them combined with six or seven of our team, and we went on a retreat, and we wrote for several days, and then over several months, finished these songs, and it really just ignited something in our church. It's been a really powerful journey to see. Yeah, I think it's good to acknowledge them. I mean, these are, I took the time ahead of time to go through and look at the songwriting credits because that's a geek thing to do and that's who I am. And I'm like, 2016, 2016, 2016. I mean, these are all, these are new songs. And you said that these are really, these are born out of the stories. Their genesis is the stories of people within your church. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, are you in a position where you would be comfortable taking one song as an example? I'm not going to, I won't throw one out there, but which represents, a, could you represent the story behind it and how that became a song? Is that something you'd be comfortable doing? Oh, absolutely. Well, there's this, there's this one young man who is our singles ministry pastor in our church. His name is Chase Sims. Um, he got diagnosed with a massive brain tumor, mm. a cancerous brain tumor that was taking up a significant portion of his brain and so he had to go in and have major surgery um, and uh, he's doing well now and he's on the mend but he's not out of the woods it's just a constant journey uh, but they took out uh, you know 20 percent of his brain I mean literally and he came they didn't know what it was going to affect was going to have he came, he came out and he's walking and talking and back preaching and talk you know ministering and all of this got a young family and in the midst of that, one of our worship leaders, uh, Rick Briscoe, who also directs our choir, yeah. had been at Prestonwood for 23 plus years, he came to one of the songwriting sessions and he just said, guys, I just, he goes, I have this thing in my heart that just says, no matter what happens, you know, and he read out of the psalm, still my soul will sing a hallelujah. No matter the circumstance, I know that if I fix my eyes on you, you're working all things for my good. So out of that moment, we began to write and consider Chase's story, and, and actually on the enhanced DVD, Chase's testimony is on there, but that's one of those kind of moments where we just go, wow, this was a hand-in-glove kind of thing that happened here, and this song, Still My Soul Sings Hallelujah, Still My Life Rests in You, You Revive Me, You Restore Me, You Are Faithful Through and Through. This is this is the story of, of, of Chase and how we're he's singing in the midst of the struggle, big time, and so... That's just one kind of concept of how, how things have happened. I think that's a great illustration. And, and you mentioned, and, and I wanted to make sure people didn't miss this fact, that as a, a complement to the actual music release is the DVD release that includes the testimonies that in many ways have inspired the songs that result. And that just makes it much more powerful. It's not just... Um, it's easy for me to get cynical to think, oh, they're just sitting in a room in Nashville and just cranking out songs, trying to figure out what the, uh, what you know, what's the formula, you know, how we're going to make how we're going to make a worship song that's going to break the top 100 or top 25. But this is a group of people worshiping and writing songs inspired by the faith of individuals and the stories of individuals, and that's that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. It was interesting too. There's one song on the project called "You Cover Me." It was written out of Psalm 91, you know, he dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And there's, you know, down in that passage of Scripture, you know, I will not fear the arrow uh, that flies by day nor the terror by night, yeah. right? That's the whole bridge. What was interesting is one of our pastors was over in Africa um, at the same time that we were doing this, 
he was uh, in a, a meeting with a bunch of uh, town hall people in a very uh, uh, remote area. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell the whole story like he does on the DVD, but it's unbelievable. He actually uh, had their life was threatened. A man came up behind him uh, during this prayer circle they were having in this village and said, if you do not stop praying, I will kill you. I'm going to kill you. He had a weapon in his hand. And it was a pretty, uh, an amazing, like he said, it, it was a scary moment, but he said, I just felt the presence of God telling me to keep praying and keep praying. And he said, I will cover you. I will cover you. Wow. And literally at the same time, we were writing this song as he was going through this thing. And we felt like we felt the just the overwhelming sense of like this is this song needs to be sung in our church. So when when he came back the next week, he got to hear a little demo of what we were doing and he, it just laid him out. He goes, you know, you don't have any idea like this time last week, my life was being threatened. And, you know, after I kept praying and I kept praying, that man put his weapon down and walked away like it was. So it was a stuff like that has just happened. I mean, it, I could go on and on St different stories like that that are just incredible. Well, it's, it's, so. it's clear that it's resonating with people you know, before you and I started actually officially recording. Um, we talked about the fact that right now it's actually. Uh, what number six on Billboard? Number one on Praise and Worship on um, SoundScan. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's resonating with people, and you know, if folks out there who are listening, you know, it's hard not to get excited. And I, I think you guys would probably feel it too, as as Michael is describing these, because um, this is, the term that keeps coming to me is invigorating. There's something invigorating about how God is moving through us and through uh, through artists to um, to reach other people to say you know this is who I am and this is how I love my children and it's really evident uh, from songs of the people that that's what's occurring mm. wow well that's it's encouraging and the, the, just the messages I've been getting from different worship leaders and listeners around the country has just uh, has been that it's just like it just feels like there's something fresh that's happening with these songs and for, i know for our church I, I told our guys the whole time look we're not chasing we're not chasing what's going on out there we're not trying to figure out what's going to ring the bell outside of our yeah. church we're trying to be faithful with what god's saying here and this is this is for us and this is for for our our expression to the father and the overflow side of that is his business like we we can't really <laughs> You know, we can't really uh, concern ourselves with the results. Our job is to just plow the field and plant the seed that we've been given. And um, so that's that's really what's happening. I love to hear that. Knowing that people out there writing with that perspective takes the cynical part of me and wants to lock it up in a closet, you know, <laughs> and just say, um, uh, and as you are aware, you know, I just finished chatting with Paul Balash and somebody else who is very much about Worship is about supporting your local church, and if God chooses to take that outside of it, fantastic. But we're serving our people here. So I, just, I want to affirm you for that and what you're doing with that. Uh, I'm excited to, well, I'm going to go bug Shannon and see what I can do about the DVD thing. Because um, I haven't got a chance to check that out yet. Now I feel like I have to. Uh, so we'll definitely share with folks links to the album, Songs of the People, and the DVD resource. I, I also would feel remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to talk to you about your writing because um, uh, I know you've 
written a number of books, a couple of novels that I saw specifically, um, see, it's The River and then Into the Canyon. It's, yes. uh, I guess, sibling, if that would be the right way to describe it. And I haven't read them, so you forgive me if I come in kind of cold on that piece of it. But I'm, um, I want to acknowledge that you've, you've had some success as a writer. And when I say some success, I mean, you've been successful as a writer. Um, I'm curious, just from an artistic perspective, um, how you're going to approach writing a, a novel differently than you would approach um, writing a song. Well, uh, with much fear and trepidation. That's um, good, good. It's a good answer. <laughs> um, you know, when I when I wrote the first uh, the first book, The River, um, it was a story that um, that kind of unfolded in me and in my heart over the course of about thirteen or fourteen years before I really got the courage to actually try to write because yeah. you know a song is going to have what a hundred words in it, maybe um, at the most. Yeah, at the most, maybe you know, depending on depending on if it's a hymn or a, a modern worship. Okay, course. fair enough. Yeah, it could be only eleven words. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are ten words, but you know, <laughs> but you know, my you know, the river was a you know sixty five thousand words, and yeah, so the idea of writing something, the principles still apply. The discipline of being quiet and taking time to stare the blank page down and really. But the scope of the work is so much greater in writing fiction where you're actually having to put yourself in a place and visually see things and create dialogue and plot lines and all those kind of things. That was brand new territory. And so it was a really long and arduous process for me the first time. The second time got easier, but it was so right and so necessary. It was you know, and the story is essence. Uh, it's it's a an allegory, um, but the characters really represent um, just uh, so many of us. What we deal with it's it's grief, loss, uh, redemption, love, forgiveness. All those things are wound into this story. These characters, and uh, it's been extraordinary to see how it kind of broke through and uh, how people uh, have, have received it and how it's uh, helping and ministering to them. And there's lots that I could talk about there, but in terms of the process, um, you know, a song, um, you know, I would say a, a, a book is about, is it feels like writing about 10 records worth of music, you mm -hmm. know, uh, that's what kind of it feels like, but it's, it's uh, it's a it's a longer process, uh, but it's it's a similar undertaking in that you have to be willing to put your rear end in the seat and stare down the blank page uh, and stay there until you get something, and then as you move forward, the discipline of continuing to put a paragraph on top of a paragraph on top of a paragraph, and then the rewriting process and the working process. Yeah, I will say. Um, sorry, I've had a lot of coffee, so I'm talking a lot. Here, it's all Joe. good, man. That's what you're here for. <laughs> um, you know, I've discovered over the course of my songwriting career and book writing now, and I'm still very new at that. I'm, you know, working on my fourth one now, and it's, it's, you know, it's. I just feel still, it's very new craft for me. But um, the invitation to create is not just about creating a product, but the invitation to create, I believe, is an invitation to intimacy with God. And so the process by which I'm writing songs or books, all of that is an invitation to 
to, to be close to the Father and to interact with the Lord, that, that creative process is just a beautiful thing. And that's one of the things I've encouraged our songwriting team here about, that we don't miss what's really happening in the work itself. It's not just about what happens after yeah. it's released, but it's really the joy of, you know, and I liken it to when I'm, I have an eight year old and when we're doing an art project together, right. And he's coloring and my hand comes over his hand and we color together. It's, it's really about what's happening in that moment versus what's actually, you know, the product at the end of it. So I love that illustration. I mean, obviously we spoke ahead of time. I have an eight year old and it's not about the finished product when you're working with your child. It's about the connection and what you remember, um, it's the, the end product is really just a, a reference point to the experience of creating. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I love that. And I haven't necessarily spent the time to think about it from that perspective. But I do know is parent to parent, as you are, especially when you know you're, this is probably you're going to be your last kid relishing every moment and so the creative process that you're talking about is even more valuable and you feel it so much more acutely when that occurs so wonderful illustration thank you for that absolutely absolutely so you mentioned you're working on a, a fourth book is this related to the the river or is this a completely separate uh, topic yes well the I, I in the fiction genre i did uh your the river and then into the canyon there's a third in that sequence that i am uh working on um fleshing out that'll probably be a a late 2017 early 2018 type of release um and then in the non-fiction area uh i wrote a book um called your great name that mm -hmm. was really a devotional life book around the names of god based off of that particular song that there was a song that I had the privilege of being a part of writing and it, um, you know, every single line of that song actually represents a name of God. And right. so we went through and unpacked that and then talked about the, the, the modern day relevance and the ancient reference to his name. Um, and then, um, and then also working on a worship leadership, uh, curriculum, um, that is based off of the metaphor of the river. And it's, it's, Really, it's called the way of the worship guide, and it's approaching things rather than just being a leader. It's what what does it look like to be a guide? And I reference a lot of things, and I tell a story, and then from that place in the story, we train uh, worship leaders. So, from a guide's perspective, that's in the raft with us, taking people down to experience the majesty and the beauty of the canyon. Right? There that is. That is how we're going to train via story. Um, so it's a, that's a really unique project I'm working on right now, and hopefully we'll be uh, ready to go uh, later next year. All right, so you're working a few things. You don't really um, you don't rest much, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do, I do. I just find my, my, my <laughs> find my places, but I do I do love to have a lot of different things going. It's just how I'm wired. <laughs> I understand that myself. I, I feel like um, if I wasn't working on different things that kept me excited that I would probably do absolutely nothing. I would just yeah. sit there and do nothing, um, which is why I don't write books because that, that's daunting, as you mentioned, to, to sit down and know you have an idea and then to take that and actually create something out of it. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, it's, yeah. A long, it's a long, big process, but it's a very, very rewarding one. I love, I don't know who said it, but I heard someone quote, 
you know, authors love having written. <laughs> yeah. They don't writing. They love having written <laughs> because yeah. the writing process is pretty, pretty hardcore. <laughs> That's a good counterpoint to the enjoying the process part of it. Um, do you know who Travis Thrasher is? Uh, I've heard the name. I don't know. I don't know him. No. That's right. He's a, he's a Christian fiction author. Uh, oh. He's he's a good friend of ours, and uh, he's probably written over forty books. Many he's ghost written. He'll write okay. a book in five weeks, just pa 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 pa, and he does it to spec. And Amazing. yeah, and I and I'm just in awe of him. Uh, but he's not a household name. But he's a working author. He pays his bills, and I see that, and I'm like, how do you do that? I he says I do it because I can't not do it. Exactly. Right. And I think that is what differentiates for many of us, the, um, the hobby writer and the, the, the writer who is compelled the, you know, to do that. Um, uh, it's certainly not me. I love to write, but mm -mm. yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do, I tried it. I failed. Uh, and I moved on. So <laughs> I moved we on with my life. See, that's right. We all have our gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess uh, anything else on the horizon? I, I think Christmas is coming. You guys have you guys do something, some little thing there at Prestonwood, don't you? Yes. Well, you know Dallas, Texas. They like to do things small. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're so some, subtle. Noted. Yeah, yeah. Subtle. Very subtle. Under the radar. You know. <laughs> uh, no, that we have this uh, this thing here called the gift of Christmas, and uh, it really is. It's an extraordinary Christmas production. I've I've been a part of a lot of different things and seen a lot of different things across the country, including things on Broadway and and uh, what uh, has been built here over the years. And it keeps evolving and morphing. And we've, you know, even when we came last year, uh, just the production updates that were done and and the things that we're doing this year with uh, some new original music that's being infused in. It's, um, but yeah, last year we thirteen sold out uh, performances, seventy thousand tickets sold. Wow. Um, and hundreds of people uh, come to faith in Christ, um, and so it's it's a it's a really powerful thing. I love I love the fact that it's a multi generational production. There's nearly fifteen hundred volunteers that are involved in this. Um, so from the choir to the crew to the acting to the uh, production of it, um, and then just tons of kids and senior adults and everybody in between. So everybody kind of, the whole church coming together for this, it's a really uh, extraordinary event. And so to be a part of that, to write for it, to help lead the team for it is is a, is a real honor. That just sounds, to me, that sounds almost overwhelming. So your what your role, what's your role in that production? Well, I'm an executive producer of it. And uh, this, you know, this year I've, uh, I've done some writing for it and some, some scripting and some songwriting for it. And then, uh, I over, you know, I'm, I help look after the entire team. So, but we have a fantastic team and many of them have been a part of it, uh, as it's been built on through the years. So they're amazing at the process and the audition process and the rehearsals and all the things that we do and the ticket sales. And there's just a lot that goes into it, but we have a fantastic team and, uh, so we all get to kind of function in our very best role yeah. and, uh, they certainly don't want me, you know, handling, uh, too much administration, right. Uh, they, you know, keep me in my zone and I uh -huh. can, I can be helpful. <laughs> Artists so, in administration, they may start with A's, but that's where it ends, you yeah, know, pretty much where it ends. Yeah. So, well, and what's great about something like that, and mo most of us don't get the opportunity 
in our churches to to put something like that on, but to um, to allow other people in your congregation to really shepherd you, you know. So you'll create something, and then you you really have to hand that off and say, you know, that's not my talent. You take that, and so so many gifts coming together to create something that is for your community and to further the kingdom. Uh, that's got to be a beautiful thing to participate in. It really is. It really is multidimensional, multigenerational, multicultural. Uh, it's it's really uh, it's really uh, a life giving thing in the in the body in the body life here at Prestonwood. So, excellent. I've enjoyed chatting. It's been fun to uh, learn more about uh, not just what Prestonwood's doing, but who you are and what's going on with you. And great to meet you. And thanks for all you're doing, man. Let's stay let's stay connected. Well, God bless. We'll talk to you later, man. Take care, Joe. All right. Frequency.fm is a podcast featuring Christian artists, authors, creatives, and experts. For more music reviews, book reviews, and articles, please visit us at Frequency.fm. Frequency.fm.